Okay, so the first time I met Cam, uh, he was stepping on my balls in a pair of high heels, and I was like, first of all, your technique is fantastic, but uh, mm-hmm. don't you charge more money for this? Is sort of, you know, sort of the, how that went initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> no, it was actually at what high dive? Correct? Yeah, it was a high dive. Um, in which I was five beers deep, like a idiot and had come over there impromptu and went on stage for three minutes and became the most hated man in the room to about seven people um dude you're so- making this up <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's a feeling a lot of new comics really put on themselves is like how bad it felt to you but you're you're putting that feeling on other people because that's not what they felt. I mean, in a moment, it was a little awkward. They didn't like it, but no. they didn't dislike you to the to that extreme. We could be comedic here and say, yeah, you were the devil. But <laughs> that's not what the reality was. I also, I mean, yeah, I didn't plan to go up that night and did not do anything prepared, but instead des- decided to just, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of my style to just bullshit about what's around the room and truly make myself laugh. Not because I think I'm hilarious, but just because... It's fun to get ridiculous and creative about what's around me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you do you always go up prepared, or do you uh, do you sometimes work the room, so to speak, or like riff, or you know, play around? Oh, geez, I've done it all. Do you always I have mean, pre-written stuff? I no, mean, yeah. no. I mean, sometimes it's pre-written. Sometimes I will just go up with an idea. Sometimes it's like the the point is to not have any idea. Sometimes the point is to be. A, like have everything just nailed to the wall exactly what I want to say but you know as I'm doing this I'm I'm really it's a lot of exploration you know that's really what I like have learned is that like dude this is like so much like any other art where you don't know what you don't know until you know you don't know it kind of a thing like like I just took a drawing class like it's the same thing like I didn't realize how much sculpting like drawing with charcoal is like comedy in the way of like you don't know the jokes that you don't know until you are exploring that area. Like until you go out on a limb and like start riffing or something, you don't even know what you can do there in the same way. So I'll go on stage and just like talk backwards or I'll do my jokes backwards or I'll, or I'll do a joke three times in a row just to see what happens, you know? And that's fun. That's where I find a lot of the joy in it. So yes, no, sometimes yes, but yeah. Yes. I appreciated that about your aesthetic. I think I've only seen you twice perform. And in fact, one of them might have been video that a friend shared, our mutual friend. Um, but I liked that, like, there's a there's something in your aesthetic that is like breaking the rules a little bit, or breaking the rules of what a joke is supposed to be. And also, I mean, I suppose in, on some level, all comedy is doing that. But it's like it stood out to me. There's something to where I don't I don't know how to describe it. There's like a little bit of a Steve Martin element in there of like anti-comedy kind of or being like the audience is expecting one thing and it's kind of like fuck you. I'm going to do something so off the wall and in a different direction that they kind of don't know what to do with it. There's there's like a a hint of that in there. Hmm. Is that does that ring true at all or does it just feel Totally. Okay. I mean, only because a lot of times I will write jokes based on what I see other people doing. Like, there's trends in comedy, and you go to a lot of open mics, you'll see them. For example, there's one that's like, "So I'm single." Like, I've heard that joke by a thousand different people, and the same, but the same way every time. So then the joke becomes, "How do I reflect that point and make it blow up?" Or like, I have a joke right now where uh, I've noticed that everyone has a fucking 
story about the time they ate an edible and it was weird. So what I did was I, I just wrote a joke where like I ate an edible and then I killed my mom. Like <laughs> that's the joke to me is like <laughs> you expect me to just like and then I ate too many cookies. No, I fucking, you know, but we all the it's I, I'm aware of what people's expectations are to the current premise you know yeah. so i'm able to play with that in some regards you know just because i sort of see it you know um i'm not sure if that's exactly what you're talking about but that is an element i really like my jokes where it's just like we know what's supposed to happen and by us conforming to that norm now to do the opposite is very funny yes yeah i think also and like you have a joke about cuckolding your grandma <laughs> and, and like another elaborate joke about how small your dick is and like I, <laughs> elaborate <laughs> yeah. right and, and i love the i love the approach of like slamming <sighs> slamming yourself but in a really funny way in a way that people relate to because you're not attacking anybody but you <laughs> like you are the butt of the joke yeah do every time like anytime i write a joke i try to make sure it's about like I will come out on stage and say I'm a pedophile <laughs> just because I think that's so funny. The trick is though, you have to be silly, you know, you have to yeah. do something that kind of like puts a curve on it, but it's like, yeah, I don't want to make a joke about a friend and I don't want to make, I don't want to show someone else. I think it's way more funnier to just be the thing that's horrible and to just live that. Cause like, it is crazy for someone to come out and say, I'm a pedophile. Here's my perspective. Right. And, and, and don't get me wrong. That is not material. I regular do, yeah. but this is exploration material. It's kind of that stuff where it's like, you don't know how far too far is until you're too far. But uh -huh. once you go too far, you can look back and you see, oh, okay. And now all of this is like in bounds because I've gone so far. Yes. Um, and not, don't get me wrong. I'm not like some savant or anything. I'm not, a, I'm just doing this for fun. Sure. Um, but it's like, that's how I'm finagling this. And I will tell my friends joke premises and stuff like, Hey, I'm gonna go up there and say I'm a pedophile. And they're like, Cam, that'll never work. And I'm like, no, I know it'll work because I've already said things that won't work. Like I already know what, I know what not working is. I've not worked. I've written so many jokes where. I, people tell me how ask me what's like how do you you know what, what how or whatever and i'm like let me tell you this i've written i know what a bad joke is because mm -hmm. i've written so many of them so it's like all that's left is good jokes or if you want to get all fucking sure like fucking gay about it but it's like that's what it no, is kinda. You know? i mean yeah yeah you 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 learn over time what doesn't work uh i mean and it's also like that particular bit it might not be right for one room but it might be just right for another room or another particular crowd and so mm -hmm. surely you must have you must have to try these over and over in different spaces on different nights because there are off nights or there's weird crowds or there's super woke crowds who get too offended and there's other people mm -hmm. who are like ready to go <laughs> yeah, well, who are ready to hear the most fucked up thing well I, I that's a problem I have because that's a that's an illusion and you're right on some regards mm. you need awareness yeah when it comes to those situations but I find whenever I'm like worried that like oh no if this joke this is a this is a woke room or something like that mm -hmm. and I find once I encounter that energy I become nervous and my my act becomes a little stiff and I'm not even doing material that's like edgy or, or edgy i hate that word but like it's out there and i'm not going up there saying i'm a pedophile because it's like I'm, they're not gonna like it 
but that voice is already kind of like speed bumping me. I'm already, mm. I'm already like dictating what the crowd thinks, which is fucked up. That's not reality. Reality is me going and performing what I think is good. Now, granted, there are you learn what that means. It's like that doesn't mean go out there and just go fucking balls yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Have some awareness. <laughs> that we uh, I did a. Do I, am I? I'm just gonna do stories. Yes, I did of a story, course, but please. Uh, me, and my, we did a me and a buddy. Uh, we did a show out in Gold Coast. I think it is in Oregon. Do you know where that is? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's this little fucking town, and. They have one venue place. They have a little venue place, and we perform there. We drove out three hours to play at this place, and we get in there, and it is packed. For some reason, that it's it's half locals and then half college chicks. Okay, and it, but it's packed. And I do my act, and you hear me. I'm talking about pedophilia. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm do. I don't have like a clean act. Uh-huh. And my buddy, he goes up there, and his act is all about like falling college girls home and st- like <laughs> you know, like smelling girls' panties and stuff. <laughs> stuff that's it's funny jokes. I'm not saying, but but then, but the 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 crowd is not into it. It is a fight. My buddy does 30 minutes, and 27 of it is like silence it's oh my god 30 minutes (laughs) yeah and not because he's a bad comic he's one of the funniest dudes i know but then after the show we're standing out back commiserating we're like dude that was hard it was it was just like an hour of just pushing ourselves through this and then we see the women get into uh separate vans and on the side of the van is um it's like biking across America for sex trafficking <laughs> cases. So we, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we didn't have a chance because yeah, yeah. we didn't, if we were savvier, we would have sent something and kind of alleviated the the symptoms, but we were just doing our material to the crowd. That's like actually like hates this stuff. Yes. So it was like, once we saw him get in this van and it was like, it could have said people who hate your comedy. And then they just left. Yeah. Cause they weren't, they weren't going to like it. Cause me, I'm just saying stuff about like fucking my grandma. He's saying stuff about how like no one fucks the janitor at colleges, you know? And, it was, <laughs> but, but in that moment we got to release a little bit. We were like, Oh, good. It wasn't all us. Yeah. It was like these people have a strong perspective. And in fact, they are actively stopping this narrative that we are comedically kind of churning into the world. <laughs> so, yes. Um, yeah. So well, it is. It's awareness. It's awareness. It's letting go. But it's also knowing, you know, smartness yeah. and kind of doing it. Yeah. I, I like that. That's a helpful perspective because even as. Uh, I don't know. As a fairly progressive person, I I think about that maybe a little too much sometimes in a city like Portland of um, wokeness or like I don't know. I don't I don't like the idea of anyone necessarily having to clean up their act if they're able to speak funny truth in a way that's not hateful to anyone that is like tapping into something universal without also ostracizing anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And like it's it's still. I think in my heart of hearts, I, I mostly want comics to have the freedom to say anything, like al- almost anything, and to, to go there, to go to the hard places, to know uh, some people are going to be bothered by it. But I don't know. I, anyhow, I like the mindset of not pre-assuming what the crowd is thinking or like putting something on them that's actually just a fear in 
yourself. Yeah. Fear is yeah. a mind killer. Yeah. Walk without rhythm. <laughs> right. You talked about like finding what doesn't work. What what does that look like? Whether even if you can't remember particular bits that just didn't work over mm-hmm. and over, but whether is is that bombing? Is it just finding your own voice over time? Uh, like, I don't know what doesn't work or how'd you find that? Mm. Uh, well, it's yeah, like that, you know, because uh, when you start, like, I, I kind of see because there's no like classes for comedy. There are there's kind of classes and there's comedy books. But what I'm realizing and kind of seeing is like you're kind of making up a lot of this as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we I think everyone who goes out and does this is doing what they think is correct. Yeah. So when I went out, I loved like like Dave Attell and I love like Doug. St- I, I really and I grew up with my my uncle who told these really crash jokes and I would always, mm. cr- you know, just laugh and laugh. So when it's my turn to go do comedy, I am doing what I think comedy is. And boy, did I fall hard, but it's like, I'd go up and I'd tell jokes about like, uh, I don't know, just grabbing my, (laughs) trying to keep my nephew off smoking cigarettes. So I grab his penis and then shit like that. Or, but don't get me wrong. It's not all like gross out stuff like that. It's like some of it's just like storytelling. (laughs) I really like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, Like I always, I'm one for logic though. I'm like, if it makes, I love like the math of jokes where it's like, um, time flies like an arrow. uh, Fruit flies like a banana. There's math to that joke. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you could dictate that where it's like, Okay, uh, if I want my a, if I want my cousin to stop smoking, then b, I correlate sexual abuse to smoking. <laughs> he won't smoke. <laughs> right. I think that's what I'm. But, I think that's what I'm talking about, like breaking the for the from the audience perspective, like breaking the logic a little bit, coming giving a result that's so completely unrelated yes. to the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyhow, carry on. <laughs> So it's like, um, but then I've learned how to, so like when I first started, oh yeah, let's talk, let's do that, man. Like I didn't realize how much stuff I need to work through on myself. Hmm. Like when I first started. So like I was doing goofy shit, but I was also doing really like, dude, like right leaning defensive, white defensive stuff. Well, yeah, it was like, it wasn't racist. It was ignorant. Okay. Um, how long ago was this? Um, Last year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, three weeks ago. Well, I was at this KKK rally and they thought it was really funny. (laughs) My racist boyfriend thinks I'm funny. Um, It was like right when I started, 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, And still for a while, you know, it's like three years. I kept this kind of like mentality that the world is against me. And it was right Mm -hmm. about this time woke was being big, like uh, Black Lives Matter. And I'm going to use my, my upbringing to really justify like what my story is here. Cause I come from Alabama, not mm. that I grew up around racist or something, but they're in Alabama is extremely defensive folk. They're conservative values. Sure. So the mindset is, is like seeing other people just prosper means that they're coming after you. Like Oof. that's kind of yeah. their point of view. Right. So whenever now I'm a blossoming like joke writer. I'm like, okay, how can, what does that mean to me? I'm telling my story. It's like, uh, so I'd say things like people don't give a fuck about white guys. And then the room would be silent and be like, see, no one cares. And it's shit like that. And then like, mm. it was stuff that's like, 
like I oh man I, yeah some like just it, some racist stuff and just negative stuff and then I got burned a few times like I was almost ran out of the scene and people did not like me they really bashed hard against me um, and rightfully so I'm not justifying my actions sure but what it forced me to do was just become aware and learn and maybe not forced I was privileged enough to have the intelligence or the cast and crew around me or some logic of upbringing where I was able to see that like, okay, I'm, I'm causing problems here. Um, but what I learned, the big thing, what I learned is the things that I'm seeing though are not, not funny. The manner in which I'm projecting them yes, is the problem. Yeah. So it's like, no, man, you could still talk about how, like, it sucks to be white. You know, no one, because that's the kind of angle I was taking. No one asked about the white perspective. It's like, duh, you ignorant asshole. No one, but it's like, if you could find a way to flip that around. So if you just see it as an arrow and you could flip that around, now you have an angle to take. It's like, um, no one's, you know, no one knows how hard it is. It's like, well, just say how, how easy it is to be white and literally say the same thing you were about to say. Yeah. And now it's funny. Because you put a top spin on it, you put an angle on it, and if you could put a, like a silly voice in a character that shows like understanding about the the air around all of your words, now you have something. Now you're doing something as opposed to just pissing people off, right? You know, so it's like that kind of thing. So, <laughs> and then also I would do stuff like farting in my grandma's mouth. Oh, dude, I did this bit about like. <laughs> <laughs> like the first time I like I was having sex with my girlfriend and she farted on my balls. I would just say like the grossest stuff. Sure. That was funny to me is fart on my balls. And, but then I was also had a really good mind for absurdist stuff. So I would um, like I would go on stage and I would just turn around and I'd be like, do you like the way I dance? And like that was my act. I would just do that, you know, and wherever that took me. And now I have a lot of knowledge in the world of around all of that. Like, you know, mm. just I'm, I'm a lot more savvy about how to approach all of this stuff, but granted, right. n- I mean, now I, yeah, now it's time to write a joke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, sure. Totally. <laughs> so when you, okay. So you grew up in Alabama when you started comedy that was in Portland in mm-hmm. 2015. Yeah. Okay. So it's been here the whole time that you've pursued this. Mm-hmm. What made you, you know, did you have a sense that you were funny or were drawn to comedy the whole time before you started doing it? Or did you do that in other ways, like sketch shows or any of that? How'd you get into it? Um, so, yeah, growing up in Alabama, it's culturally repressive. Sure. Um, not that anyone is stopping you from doing anything creative. What people aren't doing is expressing. They're not growing. It's not a place where uh, expression is celebrated and sort of fostered. Yeah. Um, and so when you come from that place, I never thought I was allowed to do comedy. It was just this Whoa. thing, you know, it's like anything artistic or any, you know, even to this day, I have problems with like relationships and like um, growing as a person and finding a career because a lot of like the, 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 the systemic and cultural problems of my peoples, of the, the white guy, <laughs> is um, we are kind of like repre- we, we settle. You know, we don't we don't need to look beyond tomorrow because we have what we have today, hmm. and it's like that's good enough. You know, um, so yeah, and then so I, I was in Alabama. I was doing that. I went to college. The whole time I wanted to do comedy. 
I knew I wanted to be a comedian when, since I was 12. That was really, I knew I wanted to be funny since, because my family is funny. They're funny people. Hmm. Um, and I knew I wanted to be like them. Uh, and so I like, I remember I would like watch Comedy Central Presents. That was really like my big, like I would watch all of them. I would watch Comedy Central as much as I could. Nice. I watched all of the Comedy Central specials and I was like, I want to do that. That looks so fucking cool to get mm-hmm. on stage and create jokes and create laughs. And my uncle, he's a guy that like always had a joke. He was always joking. He would always like, hey, Cam, you know, <laughs> hey, my my foot, my, my dick may not be 12 inches, but it smells like a foot. And, you know, he'd always have these jokes and I loved it. And um, so I really got into like memorizing jokes and just sort of like at one time I had just like this catalog of jokes. Granted, I had like pretty bad social anxiety. So what I would do is at parties or anything, I would just kind of like corner whoever I wanted to talk to and be like, hey, you want to hear a joke? Oh, and no. then I would just force jokes on them. <laughs> and while that's okay, it's also a defensive mechanism, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Anyway, so I moved to Portland about 2012 and then um, I'm living and then I find myself, I'm, I'm depressed. I find myself in like the saddest point in my life, how depressed I am. And then at the bottom of that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do comedy. I don't care. I'm done. I'm done. Like just stopping this. I have this nagging voice and this, it's a yearning to create, you know? And it's like something that I've had my whole life and everyone around me, I think has had it too. And for the first time in my life, I'm like, I'm not going to not listen to it anymore. I'm going to fucking do it. Um, and then I'd go to fucking open mics and talk about like farting on a dog. It's like, <laughs> but that's like, the, that's the journey in so many ways. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just haven't stopped. I just kept doing it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Damn. Hell yeah. Since 2011, locally owned StickerNinja.com has been your place to get high-quality water and UV-resistant stickers. From classic bumper stickers and bulk labels to die-cut hologram stickers and more in any shape or size, StickerNinja's got you covered with free domestic shipping, and if you use the code SPR10 at checkout, you get 10% off your order. With StickerNinja.com, your vision can be a reality, and the code SPR10 makes it an even greater deal. Go to StickerNinja.com and use SPR10 today. Sticker Ninja! It's, it sounds like there's such a sort of cynicism in the air in Alabama. I mean, maybe the people you're surrounded by, for the most part, I'm sure there's exceptions, but yeah, almost having this negative attitude of like, that person succeeding, fuck them. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, who do they think they are trying to make a bi- you know, big deal of themselves? Like that attitude is uh, infectious and like kind of mucky and hard to, hard to climb out of when you're surrounded by people who are just pissed at others who are doing better than them. Like, and so it's pretty amazing that you've, and, and that you started comedy in the depths of despair, essentially, and have continued for all this time. Uh, like what do you, where do you want to end up or where do you find yourself in the, you know, craft of it now? Like what would you like to do and and what challenges are you working through right now as far as like getting better and and advancing? Yeah. Well, I, I just want to clarify for one second. Sure. Uh, The, it's not a cynicism that's stopping. There is a sense of cynicism of like, what do you think you're better than me? It's more of, I am not worth. It's more Damn. of I am not I am not a Oof. value to do these things. Whoa! Uh, like for example, like I went home this past Fourth uh, of July or something, 
and um i come from this town it's daleville alabama it's a town of like ten thousand people it's very small um but for some reason someone started a comedy show down there they have a, a monthly open mic Hell yeah. and i saw this and I, w- I i told my uncle my uncle and my cousin and i was like you guys should go do this you know because you're all the time you you tell me you know you tell me all these things like go fucking do it yeah. and then instantly they're like i don't have the balls to do that or something and it's mm. it's like it's not, I don't really feel like they don't have the balls. I don't. I don't think they believe they they allowed to. You know, I don't think they think they're worthy or they you know get to do that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, going back to your original question, it's like uh, right now what I'm working on is oh always more comedy. You know, it's like right now, <laughs> right now I'm really building a uh, I don't know more of a, a whimsical set or something whimsical. <laughs> um, because I, I really fell in love with the idea of creation, the idea of like love, and the idea of like, like vulnerability. Yeah. Like just because I'm up there telling jokes, and just because that there's a standard form to comedy, doesn't mean that we can't talk about like my heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I and, think people are really hungry for that kind of stuff. Actually, I think so too. There's yeah. a real growing trend among everyone I know about <clears throat> personal growth and just loving. And um, I see that because I, I carry this idea of like, I, I once had this vision of like a gross clown. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the idea of being so extremely vulnerable, but gross too there's something mm. i love extreme visceral and i love extreme vulnerability mm-hmm. those are two of my favorite things so it's like yeah that's where i want my comedy to be you know i want to talk about poop and then i also want to talk about how much it hurts to want love you know yeah. and like i don't know why those can't be blended and i'm trying to figure that out and granted what that means right now is like i'm kind of talking about love and stuff and I, the, the trick is to not the trick. There's no trick to it, but it's like, I got to come more sincerely with these things. Cause mm-hmm. on one hand, I'm kind of using love to, uh, be my, uh, little, uh, scapegoat to be able to tell the fart joke. But it's like, yeah. um, I'm learning to blend the two so I can be this kind of amorphous love. We are all perfect beings. I tasted shit one time, you know, it's like, why are we why are we so running towards personal growth but we're we still don't talk about poop it's like <laughs> we still get weird reactions when you go on stage and just talk about bowel movements as opposed as is like we don't do that it's like why and i'm not <laughs> i feel I sound like such a douchebag <laughs> no, no 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 it does you do not but it's like i think there is a way to do it and i want to find out um and that's really where a lot of my creative spectacle is is kind of like formulating all that and i'm also a big like joke guy i'm not a big storyteller like some people like to go up there and you tell them about their day or this time they went to six flags over georgia and whatever like that's great that's not really my style i like i love like stephen wright and i love mitch hedberg and dave attell these guys have just uh beginning of the joke end of joke and that's my shit mm-hmm. you know because i that's my bread and butter that's like to me, that's like fundamental joke writing. And so I want to find a way to put all of that together. And then yes. I'm slowly molding it and I'm figuring it out. Um, but then granted, it's like, you still got to fucking write every day. And I'm kind of like, God, all of it. What I've found more than anything is like, you have to work on yourself. Mm. Like 
if you want to write good jokes, that means you have to be in bed by 10. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> right. Good sleep, yeah. plenty of water, <laughs> yeah. eating well, exercising, all that stuff. Dude. Yeah, seriously. Yes. Is that so? I was curious about writing. You do try to keep like a regiment or, or close to a writing schedule where you're at least putting some output every day. Or are there also ideas that come randomly or, you know, just from living life and something that you write down quickly that comes to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the above. Okay. Um, I got really big into morning pages. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that artist way. Yeah, I've got um, it right here. I, I did it for a while this this year. Yeah, yeah. artist way is great. Um, right. And now I have the ability to just write. You know, I can cr a free flow write for however long I need to. And, and is some of that just mental processing, not even mm -hmm. trying to be funny. It's just like getting stuff out. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's all about like, because my current belief about creation is that we're vessels. You know, that's what they talk. I think it's the artist way is like it all comes from the creator. It's like this thing beyond us is putting it out there. You know, it's, it's this infinite flow in every direction and it goes through our head and we are merely the funnel that it comes out of. And granted that may all be fake and I'm happy to entertain that idea too. And I'm also happy to entertain. What makes me feel good is the other one though. Cause I choose to believe that more than yeah. we're all just fucking at who cares. It's like whatever makes you do the thing more believe that who gives yes. a shit. Yes. <laughs> so, right. um, so yeah, it's all about like, you know, learning how to let go of judgment, learning how to let go of like, well, this isn't funny. And this isn't it's like those kind of thoughts get right in the way of creating the process. Yeah. And in the way of this drawing class I took, it's like, yeah, you have to learn how uh, this teacher was, if she's listening, like, God, you were so good about the idea of like, she, she, one time she was like, now I want you because of the first day of class. She was like, now I want you guys to have, do the worst stroke you could possibly do, do a <laughs> bad stroke. And then it's like, it really makes you think of like, what does that even mean? You know, if you take that to your writing, the same thing, there's no such thing as bad words or whatever. These are, these are terms we put upon the thing that's coming out of us, which is very fucked up. You know, it's you're asking your, your clear conscious and the essence of yourself to create. And then when it does, you have the hubris to say it's incorrect. And yeah. that's, that's not the game we're playing. The game we're playing is to put it out there and then refine, you know, consider what it is. You can dismiss it, but don't hurt it. Don't say it's wrong. Don't say it's bad. Let it be. Let it breathe. There's no, you're, you're the one dictating what this reality is or isn't. Stop getting in the way of what the flow is. Uh, so it's that kind of thing that I'm trying to get more in tune of. And don't get me wrong. I am failing. Like, I'm trying my best to like, like, uh, so joke writing regiment, but it's like, what do you mean? What do you think that looks like? I mean, I suppose it at the very least, just like setting an intention of, every day or as often as possible i'm setting aside at least a little time because this matters to me and like even if what comes out seems like absolute shit i'm at least gonna write a little bit so i'm in the rhythm of it and um yeah it's more just like it's more just like the the rhythm or the schedule of it is how serious you take it and like yeah this matters to me and i want to get better and so i'm going to keep showing up even when even if 90 percent of the time it's bullshit Yes. Yeah. Exactly that, and I recognize that, and I'm I'm doing a pretty poor job about maintaining it. And so, and but that's mm. all like life stuff too. It's like, okay, how often are you making your bed in the morning? How often are you getting a good breakfast? How how many times are you staying up late and drinking? Yeah. You, don't you see how all of this connects to you writing jokes? You know this thing that you really want. You know, so it's like 
how are you learning to clear your mind to get to that place to write the jokes? Because yes. I understand it's like it's literally just sitting down and moving a pen, but mm. it's not just that easy. You know, now we're talking about like seeing past childhood trauma and like seeing past social anxiety and um, like uh, systemic or cyclical uh, like what was the word like the the way of my pe- my mom didn't write so I didn't she right. her mom didn't write now yes. I have to go past generations of people who have never created art in their life and be the first one. And now we're talking about like, it's in your fucking blood. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so you're like, no, just write five jokes every day. And it's like, oh my God, <laughs> that's the hardest thing. But it's like, yeah, but once you do, it's a freeing thing. It's a privilege to do that. Um, so I'm trying to get there better. And I do have, a, yeah, whenever I'm doing good, I am doing good. But on mm-hmm. days I'm not, I'm not doing good. And I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, so things like that, you know, I, I do write. I keep pocketing books on me. It, um, and then there's also the, what is this? The, the muse thoughts. Mm-hmm. Surely. I don't know if other people get them, but I realized one day I was, I was lucky to see the value in my thoughts. Cause when I was about 18 or 19, no younger than that, I, I started realizing I'm going to lose these thoughts unless I write them down. Mm-hmm. So when I think I started when I was 14, I started collecting like thoughts. And then I, because it's like, if I don't keep these, no one will. And I realize that they're gone forever. And granted, that means that they're, you know, I just have a pile of bullshit. You know, a lot of it's like just words, but what I learned is value. What I learned is like, no, these have some, something of merit to just have, you know? So why am I so frivolously, casting the way and i love my thoughts sometimes i will mm-hmm. say something to my friends that makes them cackle and die and i'm like oh well that's gone forever it's like no grab th- that's yours something chose you to say those things in a row and you you just think it's you don't see it as value that's a really sad thing to me sometimes so i was lucky to start carrying around notebooks and i saw the the value in it so i started carrying around notebooks and i started like just writing things down that i thought was interesting and granted, what that does, though, is that you start not knowing what is interesting anymore. So you'll write things that are like, sometimes walls are red, you know, and it's like, but that's the whole effort of it. It's like right. you don't discern. You, you got to stop discerning. You All you can do is gather. Um, and yes. then with the other mindset, you're like, oh, OK, here we are. Now we're now we're creating. Now we have all this raw or, you know, now we choose what to do with it. Yes, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah, there's something about, like, I like that idea of not being discerning, at, at least in this context, because, I don't know, all this stuff that we do, messy or clean or good or bad or, like, uh, shit or fantastic, it's, these are all just human things, like, these are just what people do, and I, I like, let me see if I can articulate this, it's, this thought occurred to me the other day when I was high, but uh, I was, like, an eagle isn't worried about if it's doing anything bad or wrong it just or or good 
it just does eagle things and like <laughs> humans have more awareness and consciousness but we still just do people things and yet humans have created this hierarchy of like oh yeah we have our little bespoke beautiful apartments but like we don't shit we don't you know we don't go to the bathroom you know we we write beautiful novels and music and like we do our cool tech jobs but we don't piss or like smell bad sometimes and it's like no it's all included it's, yeah. these are just people things and we don't there's no so anyhow um and in terms of writing it's like just whatever comes out even if it makes no sense that's just a people thing and sometimes mm -hmm. if you're open to letting that flow through i think there's magic in there or there's like some thought that's so weird or that's so simple that it's like oh wait that's so simple it's a universal human experience and when I say it on stage or find a way to say it, it's actually super funny because everybody knows what I'm talking about. So Absolutely. I love that. Um, and I was going to go back to just like, I don't know. In my mind, you're not failing or like doing bad at, at, at any of this when, when you're talking about not doing as well about yeah, writing. Th those are my I mean, standards that my own human binary standards that I'm putting upon this notion to justify my bad feelings. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. Yes. Yes. Uh, and like, I don't know. There's so many different ways to do this. You know, comics in particular can be some pretty volatile <laughs> individuals. And there's, yeah. I'm not saying that's, um, oh, something to commend or like admire necessarily, but there are some of the, the best of all time, like probably never wrote anything down and were just savages that like <laughs> lived pretty rough, but like they brought the magic on stage and that was the way in which it came to them. And so like, I don't know. How, how are you doing it, man? Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. And now I'm finding my own way, you know? Sure. Like a lot of, I like to talk about like stand up is, so the beauty with a lot of other, all art is beautiful. The beauty with painting or drawing or even writing is you get to see the canvas, you know, painting, you have a canvas and you're like, that's where the paint goes. Mm -hmm. Stand up also has a canvas. You know, you, it's just up to you to kind of like, see it and that's like the one oh that's i was so lucky to have that thought one day and that's what i tell any new comic or anyone that's starting or anything is like perceive your canvas and then fill it in and then you decide how much you know the it's like okay whenever you draw a house it's like okay good do you like that house now what what color is the door is there a cloud in the sky is there the sun is there birds now the same with your comedy it's like okay you wrote a fart joke now it, how stinky is the fart or how do you want to do a, a word with it or do you want to do an act out you know it's like you make sure you're using as little or as much of the canvas as you want but beyond all perceive the canvas Con consider that this is an art form and you are exploring a space and it's like i use canvas as a you know example it could be anything sure. but it's like that helps me consciously see that no i'm filling an you know a, a space you know as much as those i want to and then i realize how much space isn't being filled and i get excited that there's more here i get to make it better you know so it's like you know allow yourself to perceive these in however you want I hate that. I hate that point when I realize I'm just rehashing my words. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I'm a better orator than this. I thought <laughs> you're doing great. Well, I was thinking like, I wondered how, what's your perception of Portland as like a comedy city and how has it changed over your time here? Mm. Like, has it gotten stronger? Is it supportive? Are there enough diverse, different kinds of places around that you can 
you know mix it up enough to not oversaturate one spot i don't i don't know maybe that's not yeah. even a thing but well I w- when i first started uh portland was very cold they were not mm. well my perspective i was this fucking cracker ass cracker coming out <laughs> talking about cracker shit and uh <laughs> so yeah they were a little cold to me um but that's just not my for a lot of tales of people how it could have been a little clicky a little hard Mm-hmm. Um, now it's like, it is warm, dude. There are some nice folks out there. And I think a lot of the people in the Portland comedy scene just want to see people get better. And we're not really interested in, well, I take that back. There's a lot of dick, dick measuring. Sure. For sure. <laughs> but, sure. but. You want to name some names? I'm yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my hit, fucking hit list. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but as far as like, uh, so. So the problem, I don't think the problem, Portland has a lot of privilege or a lot of good things going for it that mm. like makes it a really good town to do comedy in. Uh, the name thing is, is like, there's a lot of comedy to do here. Dude, there are so many fucking comedy shows going on. And I think there's like 30 open mics a week. Like, damn, that's like, if you want to put it, you know, that's 30 canvases you get to paint. Right. You know? Right. So it's like that. I think a problem though, or a problem, something that is kind of like, can be a little shortcoming to the comics. When you go to a place like LA or New York, uh, you have a lot higher, you have a pool of very skilled comics out there. Yeah. So you have uh, a higher pool to learn from in those places. So from here, like they're funniest folks, not to diminish what they're doing. They're hilarious people. Sure. Uh, but we don't have a depth like New York does where it's like you can go to the comedy cellar and see like the funniest people in the world every night. Portland, you're going to see like the 500th funniest person in the world, sure. <laughs> which is not a bad thing. But I'm right. just saying it's like once you're around that kind of thick of like comedy, you it changes the game a little bit. It changes the game. Yes. Um, but granted, I think that's also an illusion. It could also be a defensive thing where it's like, Dude, there's nothing stopping you from getting as good as you can be. I guess the other thing is seeing how good you can be. You're only as good as you can perceive yourself as being. So if you don't go out and you see the crowds just fucking dying and they and you see how uh, efficient people are with their sets or you see how much laughter you can possibly get, you yeah. don't know that's the reality that can happen. Right. So, you know, there's there's that duality. Um, but I, I think it's a I'm very happy to have done comedy here. Yeah. Um, people talk about Portland being woke and I experienced it like I, I you know, it's but it's only made me better because mm. what I've learned is, no, no, you could still say awful things. And if you can get away with saying those awful things, you are that much stronger for doing it. Yeah. Because if from if my understanding is if you go to like Austin or te- uh, New York or whatever or L.A. and you can just go out there and talk about how women are doing this and, you know, people over here be doing like that. It's like. Well, I had to do so much more like clever stuff or see different perspectives to get that same kind of joke to go that I'm a better comic because I'm working with different ammo and you are just going throwing fastballs and that's fine. You're all winning. Everyone's laughing. But I think there's I think there's a a different brew that you're going to get here. And I think it's a good thing, you know, because I don't believe that like I don't believe I believe the only crowd that matters is the one in front of you. Yeah, people can ha- be, I hate the term woke again, but it's like, because sure. it's generalities upon a group yeah, of people. Yeah. Uh, but the idea is that like, um, there's nothing, the only thing stopping people from laughing at your jokes is you. 
it's uh, to blame the crowd is I don't believe. Um, and there's special cases. There's always ex- exclusions, but it's like, um, no, man, you're there to entertain them. Did you entertain those people? Then you did your job. And were they not entertained because of something you said? Well, you didn't do your job then. Right. And then that's the end of the story. Like you could sit there and bemoan how like, oh, you know, it's like I couldn't say this or they weren't ready for that. It's like, who gives a shit? They came to laugh and you didn't make them laugh. That's that's it. And I don't blame the crowd ever, you know, because mm-hmm. that's not my pers- that's not how I see it, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. I really like that perspective. I think that's healthy and, and, <laughs> and wise. And like, uh, yeah, I've heard from a lot of disgruntled comics who, you know, it's it's always the crowd's fault. And it couldn't possibly be, you know, the jokes or the delivery. That's like that's uh, like blaming the baseball for not being hit. Uh-huh. You know, that's right. that's wild to me. Right. Now, Grant, granted, you could say the pitcher threw it crazy outside or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, you still didn't hit it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Patch Dog proudly presents your patch, precisely produced. Patch Dog makes your graphic a lasting impression with high quality full-color embroidered iron-on patches at an affordable price. They're a welcome addition on any band's merch table, a fun way for others to wear your art, or a new take at promoting your event. Go to patch.dog, download your art, and use the code SPR10 at checkout for an extra 10% off. And within weeks, you'll get amazing patches sent with free domestic shipping. That's patch.dog. Perfect patches from Portland's local patch purveyor. So like in the world we live in today, I assume most comics who want to like gain a following or notoriety or be internationally known and be able to tour and maybe get the dream of a special someday are like, yeah, you got to be doing spots all the time. You got to tour and travel if, if that's what you want. But I imagine there's others who just want to get better at doing this and like, keep doing it because they love making people laugh they love the environment and the nightlife or whatever what would you say is your your personal approach what do you want to get bigger and more known or do you just want to get better at it uh well there's there's problems with both of those things because i'm Mm. currently encountering uh, a shortcoming with wanting to be funnier yeah which is i've become funnier you know i've gotten what i wanted uh now i okay, now I'm not booked. Now I don't have any touring. Now I don't have any merch. Now I don't have a career, but I am funnier. And so it's like, no, you got to open up your wants, you know, because hmm. as a young kid, all I wanted to be was funny. And now I'm funny. Congratulations, Cam. You're funny. It's like, okay, now do the other shit of like touring, booking, networking, getting to know people, uh, setting up an Instagram account, media marketing, content. It's like you don't have to do all those. Don't get me wrong, but sure. you have to forge your own way in some ways. So it's like, yeah, you know, you're going to get what you want. Just make sure you're clear on what you want. Because I'm finding that I wanted to be funny and now I'm not making money, which I yeah. also want to do. Right. And now I need to know, I need to reestablish my wants because it's I'm not getting what I want. Sure. Uh, yes. uh, I, I'm getting what I want. That's the, that's actually the problem because I don't want, I didn't want to tour. I didn't want to fill out theaters. I didn't want to grow in this way. I did want to be artistically comedic and I am, and I'm doing really goofy things. I'm doing things that I'm very happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, now the next job is to, okay, you know, tour, 
fucking so i gotta reestablish that you know really talk to my therapist and like make some goal sheets and shit like that make some vision boards because oh man because just sitting there wishing for it to happen ain't fucking working sure (laughs) yes yes is there any part of you that doesn't believe you're allowed to have like now that you've the part of you that thought you weren't allowed to do comedy or that you know you you couldn't you didn't is there a part of you that doesn't think you're allowed to be well known or to have a larger you know what do you put my fucking therapist (laughs) (laughs) no i'm kidding (laughs) yes i'm sure because that's like deep subconscious stuff you gotta kind of like you gotta feel out i think you're probably correct yeah and i'm glad you said that because i don't think i've really thought about it in that regard but I'm finding that like every step of the way, it's this battle against every essence of myself that's saying, you don't get to do that. Yeah. Um, so I'm relearning how to do all those things and it is hard, you know, <laughs> like setting it up on Instagram was like difficult uh-huh. <laughs> just for my comedy where I just upload dumb clips of me going fart, fart, piss, piss. It's like that shouldn't have been that hard, but it was excruciating. And in fact, I had a, my, my friend helped me. And he came over and he was like, okay, Kim, now we're going to fill out this thing here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I'm going to look into that where it's like, I do deserve those things. Yes. And that's the other fucked up thing I don't like about human psyche. It's like, I can logically me, myself, Kim, I know I'm worth value and I deserve love and I want to sell out tours, but then like you fucking get to the stupid narrative that your body's actually working with. And it's like, no, you're, you're not doing any of that shit. Cause you yeah. don't get any of it and you smell. So it's like, it's like, fuck. I was right. so, I, ah! yeah. It's a weird duality that we're constantly just like, I, I hope we are. <laughs> I don't want to judge what everyone else is doing, but I am constantly like having to learn something about myself and then relearn how that's actually not like the truth and then, like right. <laughs> and how deep it goes and why it's there and how to operate with it. That's God, I hated that was, have you been to, th- uh, do you fuck around with therapy? Oh yeah. I did it for, five years i'm not currently in it but yeah i've done plenty yeah it's like uh the fucking truth of it all it's like dude you ain't ever done it's like (laughs) right just deeper levels and deeper echelons of things to unearth (laughs) yeah seriously but it's not were you gonna say more on that oh uh no okay uh well and i ask that because i recognize it in myself like i also similarly can acknowledge and validate myself privately that I think I'm talented in such and such ways. But there's a part of me that does that historically hasn't believed I belong among those that I admire, like Mm -hmm. the comics or the artists that I've grown up looking up to like, Oh, I don't belong in the same space as them or like to have as many eyes on me. And finally, like maybe really only within the last couple of years, I've been like, fuck yeah, I do. And in a certain sense, I have to believe that. And it doesn't have to be arrogant or self-serving, but just like, yeah, I do belong among those people and they're just people too. Like they're not as high on this pedestal <clears throat> as I'm maybe making them. Like they're just people too. They're, they're not special. Uh, right, right. Um, yeah, they've just done a thing for longer or struck it lucky perhaps 
or just like kept at the same thing for long enough to or, or actually sometimes they are special and they yeah. you know yeah sure <laughs> don't sure. get me wrong there are special people out there that's fucking blast off you know like eddie murphy or uh you see comics that are like that they were just fucking wow you were just in their way and the world just carries them upward and great that's not that's not who i am and that sucks i guess if you want to be like comparative about it but that's not your path and that's okay you know learn to accept those things like just because someone else is getting a not that they don't earned it or they don't deserve it or anything like that no it's like you should not concern your comparison is the thief of joy through and through someone else getting success is not getting in the way of you getting your success ever. Right. Uh, or if it is, it's not stopping you from getting or how learning how to get more success There's nothing like that happening. Anyway, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Because talent who people don't care how you got your talent. It's just like, are you talented? Like I remember like growing up, I was not the funny one. I wanted to be funny and I made a lot of jokes. Like I tried really hard to make people laugh and dude, I fucking struck out so often. <laughs> it was I was batting like two out of ten. Like my batting percentage all through like till college was like two point two two percent maybe. Yeah. But um. <laughs> but uh. And but I was surrounded by people who were just naturally funny. They just open their mouth and people. And I learned it's because I'm putting all this effort upon the moment of trying to be funny to make it happen. That's and even I'm counting and shit. You know. That's like the weird, that's, but the reality is it doesn't matter. You know, they're doing their thing. They're not stopping you from being funny. They're just doing their shit. Absolutely. So, yes, yeah. yes. The stuff, so more recently, haven't you been curating almost more, almost more like, not multimedia shows, but shows that are not just stand up, but like other silly performative comedy am i like with the playing a saw and oh, like shit. musical numbers uh with involving other people what yeah what what's what are you putting together so what's been happening yeah i host a show called butter on uh fun at this place called funhouse seer in portland and um i i'm so i i feel so lucky to have it like i'm super ecstatic because i've i've got this space where whatever i think i can do i get to do um so I met a friend and she was like, yeah, I completed the saw. And I was like, the saw, what the fuck do you mean? The saw It's like the musical saw. And I, I heard that and I was like, Oh my God, that would be so neat to just like have on stage with me while I play jokes, you know, and just make a, a serene kind of like uh, a tonal kind of like asymmetrical moment where it's like, I'm just saying straight up stand up, just one oh one jokes while this weird, alien sound is going on beside me and they don't have to coordinate and they don't have to make sense. Who gives a shit? Let's just see what happens. And then the more I thought about it, like, Oh my God. So on that aspect, I want, Oh, so there's people behind me dancing and, uh, Oh, and a friend comes up to me and he's just like putting masks on and, uh, another friend comes in piano. And so it's just like this, this, this vision of all this coordinated effort comes at me. Also, I think it is, it's like, those are all my friends yeah. that were up there. Yeah. And what I do, I'm pretty good about seeing the talent of my friends and seeing where they can sort of, I can use them. And granted, that seems a little manipulative. I don't care. But it's like, um, yeah. yeah, who gives you're, a shit? You're giving them an opportunity to do their thing too. Like, yeah, I see the value, but I see that like, oh, if I put all these pieces together in a way that like <clears throat> something new is going to be made here, 
You know, something that's not been done before is going to be happening. And I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but I want to do it. So, yeah. So, like, uh, I use this. I just I'm pretty lucky with having a, a comedic mind in a lot of ways. Like sometimes I'll just be sitting there and something funny will come to my mind. And I don't know what other people's minds are like. And I, I'm, I feel so lucky to have mine because I don't know if my mom is getting gifted with the idea of just like putting a mask on and twirling and farting into a microphone. And it's like, I don't know if she gets those, but right. I do. So, and, and what I learned is that I've pushed so many of those visions away that I'm afraid they're, I get less of them now. Hmm. Um, so I, whenever I get them, I'm really more interested in getting them done and seeing them, see what happens. Cause to me, those are like, what are those thoughts? Are those just like traveling visions from Babylon? You know, what are those? Are those whispers of another, what, what I think they are, what I like to believe is it's another dimension. You, you've contacted another dimension where, where that was real. Yeah. And you, you saw it. Yes. You saw another reality. And for some reason, you channeled it, and now it's here. And you can either choose to appreciate it and make it exist in this world or just have it in your head for a second. But I think any that's you know that's such an interesting thought to me. Where this where did this come from? And why did I think it? Is this a, a weird form of anxiety where <laughs> I just sort of formulate these things or what? But uh, so... And not that, dude, those thoughts are so rare sometimes too. So whenever you get them, fucking hang on to them because those are beautiful things. So I have this stage on butter and I'll do whatever I I think is going to be fun. You know, so like I had the thought the other day is like I focus too much on trying to tell jokes up top. I think next time what I want to do is just like make poems with a crowd member and just like tell them how beautiful their eyes are and don't try to force a moment, you know, just let it be. And I thought, like, I was going through this real vulnerability kick about uh, male intimacy because I was really caught up on the moment of this idea of, like, why don't guys, like, hug more? And why don't we, why don't male friends cuddle? Mm-hmm. Female friends cuddle? Yeah, seriously. All the fucking time. Yes. And it's awesome and no one cares. And, but the idea of my best friend cuddling me, it's like, <laughs> I think he's going to fuck me. That's what goes <laughs> through all of our head. It's like, now we have to have sex. Right. <laughs> And I don't agree with it, but I still adhere with it where I'm still trying to like fight it and try to find a comfortability with it. So with that in mind, though, I brought I was like, hello, everyone. Welcome to Butter. I think tonight we're going to do we're going to do something on stage you've never seen before. We're going to do male intimacy. <laughs> and I just brought someone on stage and I we just held each other and I just held oh his my hand God. and I just I love it. There was no jokes. I just held his hand. I just told him how nice he is. And I just told him how safe it was to be in his arms. And I was just being true. I was just telling him exactly what his presence told me made me feel. And the crowd loved it. They could not get enough of me just sort of like staring into this guy and like touching his neck and like, you know, tracing his nose kind of stuff. It's like, no intimacy, dude. Like, but yeah. So that's what the the space I get to have where I got my, my friend who plays the saw to come on and then. Um, I get my friends to come on paint sometimes, or I get a friend who plays sax. He comes on and, or I throw that all away. And I like, I like using the, the space to show people what I think about joke writing and is use it like, okay, let's write a joke together room. Let's do that. Let's, you know, here's the concepts I have. Let's you, what do you think about this word or you th- tell me something funny. It's in your world and we'll make it happen. And so I can, it's fun to me to create in the space where it's like, Whatever happens, happens, and it's okay. You know, let go of regard. It's fine. 
It only yes. exists here. Do you want to be a part of it? Cool, we're going. <laughs> Damn, that's so good. Oh my god, I love that. Like I love, and it takes some time, I imagine, to learn that level of comfortability and, like you said, to not force a moment and to just sit with it. And we're gonna do something that's gonna seem a little weird for a minute, but if you're here for it, then it might be amazing. And it sounds like it has been. And like the thing about male intimacy, my God, this has been on my mind specifically in the over the last year of just like, I think, I mean, there's a few facets here, but like mm -hmm. since COVID, just the amount of humans that I touch in a safe, affectionate way is like pretty slim. I don't get a lot of human contact. And I think we're all pretty desperate or hungry for that, like other than people who, you know, have different have have kind of like don't like to be touched and that's fine too and yeah. obviously cons <laughs> con consent and mutual, mutual desire plays in but yeah like non-sexual uh male cuddling sounds fantastic to me i think a lot of guys would realize if they can get past the gay jokes that yeah. like they really want that actually and that human touch is so important and um i don't know i do believe and see little hints that like society is moving in that direction or at least a city like Portland sure is. Um, yeah, ah, it's beautiful and we need it and I, and I want more of it. I'm trying to invite more of that in actually. And even um, like platonic touch uh, with female friends, like cuddling with people that I'm not romantically involved with in a really sweet, safe way. Um, yes it's beautiful and good and like we need it as humans i think yeah because so. for some reason we've i don't know if it's a male mind i don't in fact anytime i say guys do this and women do this i'm like that's dumb stop saying that sentence mm -hmm. but it's like societally we found a way to convolute intimacy and sex and i'm learning those are two different things they can they're very much friends oh yeah intimacy and sex they hang out sure but they're two different things and the more we can, the safety, the better we can get with that, I think the better. Yeah. Because everyone loves to be held. It's crazy. World War II vets would love to, like, fucking uh, Colonel Burnside would have loved for another guy just to, like, hold him while he's, yeah. like, directing war, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and brush right. his sideburns and shit. <laughs> right, right. But like how much of that was denied because, you know, his dad never hugged him or something right. like. And oh, my then, God. Yeah. Well, I think societally we're going to go in a full circle where it's like we're going to go right back to the idea that sexuality is kind of a construct straight. I have a big problem with binary terms. I'm mm -hmm. trying to get away from them. Right, wrong, yes, no, up, down, straight, gay. Yeah. It's like because these are made up terms that we put on society yeah so especially when you come to and as a straight man i feel a little out of like I, whatever but it's i don't care it's like but it, when it comes to sexuality and we're like well why are you, did we care at all you know because i think the closer we can get to why don't you just find a way to be attracted to a person because of the person yeah and the the better you know regardless of what's in their pants or what's not in their pants or you know, whatever. It's like, just like someone for the reason you like them. If you find that you want to kiss them, then we'll explore that. 
You know, there's something wrong with... In fact, the idea of wrong is made up. <laughs> you, we created the idea of wrong. So who gives a shit? Yes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And, right, right. But it's like, even saying all that, I'm like, I'm never going to kiss a dude like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's something for my kids to fuck with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think that's fine. I mean, like, whatever feels right, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I, but I uh, even as someone who I primarily identify as straight, although lately I've been wondering, it, but it's more like, I don't think, I'm just going to say it bluntly, I don't think I want to have sex with a man, but I've recognized lately there are certain people that just their energy feels really good. Mm -hmm. I'm talking other guys. And this doesn't happen often, but it almost feels like an attraction, but I, it doesn't feel sexual. I don't feel a a physical draw to their body but just like damn i like this guy's energy i don't think i would mind cuddling him and like if he wanted to kiss me i i might at least try that <laughs> yeah. you know totally. and just ha having i mean especially growing up in a pretty close-minded homophobic way uh just trying to also let go of binary and like okay i don't need to call myself straight or queer or whatever but just like I'm open to people's energy and people that feel good. I want to move closer to if yeah. that feels good to them. That's a wonderful principle. Yeah. I think that's like what you should teach kids. It's just like, gay shit. I don't know. Fucking you like them. Just talk to them more. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like, so you, I have this joke right now that I'm finagling. It's, but the idea is, uh, I have a friend and he told me he knows he's not gay. And he said, I, he says, I know I'm not gay because I sucked a dick at a glory hole one time. And I didn't like it. Who hasn't? I mean, right. who among us? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, like every gay guy lined up is like, no, nope, not gay. Yep, gay. And then like, <laughs> but uh, um, then I had this long, almost argument slash like roast slash like conversation with about like, dude, you're convoluting the idea of homosexuality with sucking dick. Like, <laughs> I think those are two different things. Yeah. <laughs> like some gay people don't suck dick. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Some straight people suck dick. And then, yes. and then it's like, dude, if you really want to know if you're gay or not, you should go to a glory hole and hold a man for three years and then know his secrets and t t get a joint banking account and then share a bed with him. And then after three years, you didn't like any of that. Okay. You're a hundred percent straight. Right. You feel better. <laughs> like, but but that's the that's the convo like the the weird twist that this our current mindset has to have yes no right wrong gay straight it's like I either am or I'm not and that's a fucking lie because um, dude <laughs> whether or not you like suck a dick has no like little bearing about how gay you are that just means how much you want a dick in your mouth <laughs> like the, it's like there are straight guys who don't eat pussy what are you talking about <laughs> right. yes yes there are. Mm. yeah it's yeah I, I love all that it's just there's not we're we're shedding these meaningless <laughs> titles and just like i don't know doing people stuff mm -hmm. and people do some weird stuff and people manifest in so many different ways and shapes and forms and have such different desires and like why does that need to have a label on it because i guess because polite society needs like a category if i can't put you in a category what do i do <laughs> what are you you know Anyhow, well, I, well, labels, I think, started with uh, industrialization, <laughs> like the second we needed to say, uh, I, oh, what is it? I am with the proclamation of me mm -hmm. came labels 
and that's it, bud. <laughs> Once we, yeah. I think, what is it like? Was it ego or the discovery of like self consciousness or something? Or uh, that's where we left the the fucking. That's where we left it, man. That's where we left all possibility of peace on earth. Because uh, man, we fucked up good. <laughs> Whoa, that's an interesting thought. What do you What do you mean by that? Or why do you think the introduction of ego is what kind of? Because once you can separate yourself from other things, that's when you can separate other things from yourself. You're like, okay, I am not that. I am. I also don't suck dick, but that thing sucks dick over there. I mean, I'm going quick to the fucking brunt of it, but it's like. Um, and I may be jar, like kind of convoluting this, but the idea is maybe more societal, maybe around the t- time of agriculture, whenever we're gathering into farm societies and stuff and we need to survive. And once religion, actually probably around a religion or something, but mm-hmm. I think it's more around ego. Once we lost, we found that we are separate from the earth. You know, I am not this, I am me. That's when we lost all idea that like, um, well now you have the idea that like whatever I, there's a, if you don't do something that's you, you're incorrect. I don't think I'm explaining this well, but like the idea that like, um, that now you have, you have, yes, I am correct. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Now that I am me, I am correct. And if you do something that's not me, you are now incorrect. You yes. know? So with the proclamation of self, that's where I think it really, we really fucked up. Cause I, I think, mm. uh, was it? Uh, this level of awareness is a perversion upon um, like a, a awareness. Like you talked, you said, you mentioned earlier about the Eagle. Who's just like, I'm an Eagle. I'm an Eagle. They don't really think about like, but am I a gay Eagle? You know, they're just how they're being right. an Eagle. <laughs> but once we found a way to do that, that's when we really, cause we weren't meant, I don't think we were meant to have this level of uh, perspective and shit. You know, we do have it. But I think that's a, a perversion, a mutation in uh, genealogy or something. We were just meant to be out there fucking eat, 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 fuck, fuck, fuck. Don't hurt me. I love you. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> right, right. And, but now we're granted with this. We accept a reality and we move on from there. And I think we need to, I think that we can come back to that. Sure. I think we can logically go back there. But I think once you do, it's like, well, what's the point of ego at all then? Why don't we just get rid of it and mm. just move in this thing? Or or even, I'm sorry, let's go back to that. It could also be the, the formation of anxiety. The second trauma was created, this moment where um, someone like abused you or fucked you up and then your brain like separated in order to justify itself. And then you have these second thoughts in your head. Yeah. That might have been the, the moment where everything got fucked up. Because with that second thought, you know, that's where a lot of anger is. You're not now. You're reacting because like you fucking are making up shit. Yes, <laughs> truly. So somewhere around there, you know, <laughs> negative thirty BC or some shit. <laughs> when gay people were made. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Ah. Yes. Uh. Because I mean, if you didn't have someone telling you that it was wrong to suck a dick, it's like right. you would never even care about you, the idea. You wouldn't even think twice about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's incorrect to cuddle a dude or whatever, you wouldn't. What are you talking about? That's a per, we're creating that right. and showing you that's incorrect. Well, you just made that up. That's not real. Yeah. Right. We're spinning in circles now, but you get my point. Totally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it does seem, I do think we are slowly like, 
returning to some version of that or that even i i don't know even with the introduction of things like legalization of mushrooms and marijuana being recreational that it people's minds are being not that it has to have drugs but i do think those are helping some folks whose minds were closed to some of these ideas in ways that they weren't before mm -hmm. and also i mean truly um our generation or or approximately is doing generational work that was never done by our parents or grandparents or many generations before and like i don't know carrying the weight of that and also like processing that karma even even if karma is not literally real but just the idea of like settling some pretty staticky shit that's been in our dna for a long time and being like we're gonna sit through and white knuckle this pain so that everybody can get back to some sort of like baseline i don't know that's a big generalization and that's an abstract way to put it but i do get like a subtle sense that that's happening mm -hmm. um even yeah. even in this very city and and maybe slower in other places um but yeah you know let people suck dick if they want uh and and don't right. suck anybody's dick if they didn't give right. you permission <laughs> if you don't want to suck dick don't suck dick it's it's like it's a wonderful threefold rule <laughs> right 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 i think that should be the golden rule right there <laughs> exactly is there anything else you're excited about that's coming up like particular shows or just things you want to do next that are exciting to you um yeah man i got my i got butter coming up next friday that's my show and that's uh, weekly or monthly or how it's, often it's bi-weekly every okay. other the second and fourth friday of the month and i get to do that um and i have some great comics in town uh my friends always do something extremely stupid and silly <laughs> my friend brett who is just a madman he is so fucking funny he he uh, he plays piano and he usually makes like a new song like every week or a new performance but sometimes not a song sometimes you guys got he was out there in like medieval armor a couple not me it was an armor it was like a costume but he was out he had a whole character because it was so weird because like usually every week he goes out there and he'll sing a song about like a rattlesnake sucking his dick or like having a ferret in a candy factory but then he just goes out there with like a, a medieval man armor costume and just does a character for six minutes and then he leaves i'm like okay <laughs> cool man um so that shows like a little fucking goofier uh i got a sketch that's wrapping up that we shot and uh man you know just me myself just trying to get myself in places where i'm consistently putting creating that stuff that i want to create yes um, which is hard, you know, like I, I write stories, I've written stories before I'm trying to write another story and how do I get myself to write these stories? What needs to happen for me to do those things, you know, and just making sure I do those things so I can do the, the things I want. So, yes. yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. It seems like you're doing fun, <laughs> cool shit around town and like, I love, yeah, the off the wall stuff. Butter sounds so much fun. I've got to go sometime and uh maybe get up there who knows yeah, man. uh if you want to come out like i'll get you on stage and you can help host you know? hell yeah oh that'd be a blast so Fuck yeah uh yeah. if not too long ago i was just i do the door too i'm like hey welcome to someone comes in and they're like this you know i've always wanted to do comedy they tell me that at the door and i'm like do you want to come up and help me host so i bring them up and the you know and now they do comedy here in town hell yeah. but it's like i love getting people into comedy because it's i see it as 
You know, it's like, it could be like swimming or fucking getting a dog or something. It's like, why are you fighting this thing that you want? You're saying you want, but you're creating all these little weird barriers right in front. And it's like, let's see past that instantly. It's not Mm -hmm. real. I'm up here. Let's do it. Um, So as much as I can do that with anyone, I want to do it. Yeah. Excellent. Love that. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. This was a blast. Uh, you're so great like, conversation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really appreciate your intention and thoughtfulness and like, yeah, this was a delight. So thank no, you for dude, being thank here. Thank you for having me. This yeah, is awesome. Of course. Right on. <laughs>